New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Folks, hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you, hanging out, forgetting to turn off the overlay. It's a Friday night. It's 5 o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I am so grateful that you are with us. This is my opportunity to share with you a collection of good news stories that have made their way across my desk uh, throughout the week. And let's go first up. There it is. It's Pride Month. Happy Pride, everybody. June 2nd today, moving throughout the entire month. We are celebrating Pride and all that Pride represents. And we're kicking it off tonight with a story about Kansas City, Missouri, is now a self-declared sanctuary city for trans people following a 12 to 1 vote of the Kansas City Council to declare that of itself. Now, this is in response to the state's Republican-led legislature that's been that recently passed two bills that limiting the rights of transgender people. The associate uh, the Associated Rep- Press has reported that Republican lawmakers sent two bills to Missouri Governor Mike Parson's desk. One would ban gender-affirming health care, like puberty blockers and hormone therapy for trans youth, as well as some adults. The other bans trans athletes from participating in girls and women's sports at all grade levels and in college at both public and private schools. The governor is expected to sign both bills. In response, the Kansas City City Council on Thursday voted 12 to 1 to approve a resolution to declare the city a sanctuary for people seeking or providing gender-affirming care. As a result, city officials will not prosecute or fine individuals or organizations under the state's new anti-trans laws. This is a good news story. Good step. Thank you, Kansas City. Councilwoman Andrea Bowe, the resolution sponsor, said that the measure was was a reiteration of Kansas City's commitment to diversity and inclusion. As a woman and a mother, I strongly feel that personal health care decisions should be reserved for individuals, families, and their physicians without influence from politicians, said Bo. 
Public services should be able, should be about helping the community, not harming individuals. Today, we are proclaiming to our transgender and LGBT community that you are safe with us. Good news, Kansas City. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of moving our life, our country forward. This is good stuff. Folks, you know, we get a lot of our good news stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. Some of our stories are there from coming from there tonight. And in our honor and celebration of Pride Month, we got many a number of stories from lgbtqnation.com today. Please visit both of these websites. Give them the love and the appreciation they deserve. Next up, Dr. Jesse Efrenfeld is a U.S. Navy combat veteran. He'll be inaugurated as the American Medical Association's first out gay president on June 13th in just a couple of weeks. And he recently said, quote, the organization simply will not stand for legislation targeting abortion and gender affirming care. He has pledged to use, quote, every avenue available to, to oppose such laws. There we go, folks. The American Medical Association taking a stand. We seek, we see the attack on reproductive care, said Ellerfeld. Reproduct, the attack on reproductive care, access, and transgender health care is a continuum of government overreach into patient physician decision making. The AMA, whose mission is to advocate the art and science of medicine for the betterment of public health represents at least 271,000 members, including physicians and medical students. This is not an easy stance to take, folks, and I'm going to encourage everyone out there to stand up and support our transgender youth, those in our LGBT community. The American Medical Association thinks it's important enough to do so. I'd say that uh, we're, it's important enough for us to do so as well. Next up, let's head over to Louisiana, where a recent vote was broken by a, a tiebreaker by a Republican. The Louisiana Senate kills a gender-affirming care ban. The final and deciding vote was a Republican. Trans advocates are celebrating across the state of Louisiana. After hours of public testimony from a packed room, the committee voted 5-4 to four to kill HB 640. Committee Chairman Fred Mills, a Republican, strayed from his fellow Republicans to break the tie and vote against the bill alongside his Democratic compatriots. I guess I've always believed in my heart of hearts that a decision would be made by a patient and a physician, said Mills. You know, folks, in a country where we're seeing a lot a lot of anti-trans bills. This is good news. This is important news. A state Senate saying we're not going to play these games. The bill's author, Republican Representative Gabe Ferment, reportedly called Dr. Mixon a radical activist and read his tweets in which he advocate when read the tweets in which Dr. Mixon added advocated for trans rights. Heated, contested battle in Louisiana and trans rights wins. Gotta love it, folks. 
And hey, we've got one more for you. This one's a fun one, another fun one as well. Uh, this is Representative Robert Garcia. He's a Democrat in California. He's a gay congressman, and he introduced a resolution to honor all mothers just prior to Mother's Day. Uh, now, this wasn't in, in response to comments made by Georgia Representative Rep, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm not going to share what she said. Uh, <laughs> this resolution, however, uh, does note that there are 1.8 million adopted children and 320,000 foster children in the United States as of 2021, and that many kinds of parents, including LGBTQ plus parents, want to adopt for a variety of reasons. It also says that between 2 and 3.7 million minor children have at least one LGBTQ parent. The resolution holds that a parent's ability to contribute to their children's growth and success is not defined by the circumstances by which they become a parent. And that families of all backgrounds and circumstances deserve to be recognized, respected, and celebrated. The proclamation was also co-sponsored, uh, the resolution, excuse me, was co-sponsored uh, by Re out Representative Becky, Becky Ballant, a Democrat from Vermont, uh, also signing on to the bill. Angie Craig, a Democrat from Minnesota. Mark Paco Pockin, a Democrat from Wisconsin. Also Raul Ruiz, a, uh, a Democrat from out of California. And Maxwell Frost, a Democrat in Florida. Mr. Frost is a adoptee himself. Now, we know that this may not see a vote as, well, the House is controlled by, by Republicans, but it's good to see good people taking a stand and saying, this is what we believe, this is what we think should happen. Folks, that's what the good news is all about, sharing those stories that remind us there's lots of fun happening in the world. And you know what? We're going to take a quick break, say hello to a couple of our sponsors, let some other folks say hello, and I'll go grab a quick drink of water. But I got plenty of more good news stories coming your way in the next segment. So please like, share, subscribe, stay with us, let your friends know what we're doing, and please pay attention to our uh, share a little bit about what's going on here on the network. We'll see you in just a minute. Stay tuned. Come on, everybody, sing with me. I believe we can make a better world Listening to each other Till every voice is heard Singing yes Yes, yes, yes What did you say if we found a way to end our poverty
And we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Rev. Robert. Thanks for joining us here on a Friday night. Good to see you, Shay. I see you out there. Anyone else that's watching, feel free to drop a comment. Let us know that you're with us. Uh, we'd love for you to join the conversation. And hey, remember, if you know or you hear of a good news story, something you think we should be talking about, please drop us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. We'll make sure that we uh, look at that story and, and do our best to cover it, bring it into our good news program as well. All right. Let's get back up into it here. This next story is a great story. An American nonprofit is celebrating a huge milestone after helping to unite three brothers at risk of separation into a new forever family. This is the Illinois-based Gift of Adoption Fund, and it's facilitated the placement of over 5,000 children since its founding 26 years ago, uh, with over 15 million in grants awarded, they provide grants of up to $15,000 to help families complete adoptions of kids in vulnerable circumstances, uh, including most recently three brothers that were born in Ecuador. The gift of adoption is elated to mark this milestone by helping to keep together three siblings at risk of separation, said their CEO, P Pam Devereaux. We're incredibly grateful to our donors, volunteers, and families with a heart of adoption. We all reach this milestone together. You know, it's not often that you're able to keep children and siblings together through an adoption process, especially an international uh, adoption process. So we want to give a big, huge shout out and a big congratulations to these folks this is great work, folks. Gifts of adoption. Uh, we do have a, I do believe, there it is. Yes. We've got an, a, a web link for you if you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to support uh, this 500 or this 5,000th child milestone. Also marks a full circle moment for the organization. It was originally founded by Gene and Lucy Weika, uh, also of Wisconsin. And since 1996, the Weikas have opened 27 chapters across the U.S. to ensure more children can find families and forever homes. Please do check out giftsofadoption.org. All right. Wow. This next story um, really kind of got me uh, because, well, when was the last time you heard of a bank robbery being foiled by a hug and some kind words? Well, that's recently what happened in California. Uh, Michael Armas Sr., the man, the gentleman on the left, uh, oh, oh, they are recognized um, uh, that the gentleman that was trying to rob a bank uh, was doing it out of sadness and not out of malice. He stepped in with words and eventually a hug. Uh, the 69-year-old Michael diffused a situation, potentially explosive situation. Uh, a bank robber claimed he was carrying a bomb. Now, everything seemed normal that day when uh, Michael walked into the Bank of the West in West Westland, California. He noticed a former neighbor of his speaking to the teller. He seemed irritated and depressed. The neighbor, Eduardo, had passed a note to the teller claiming he was armed with explosives and demanding money to avoid detonation. Uh, 
all of this seemed quite suspicious in what was happening. And uh, Armas said, not knowing what was happening, I just approached him and asked him, I said, what's wrong? You don't have a job? He said that there's nothing in this town for me, nothing in this town for me. I just want to go to prison is the report of what Eduardo said. So I took him outside and I gave him a hug right here at the doors. How do you know, folks? Sometimes those kind words and a nice hug might just do the trick to foil a bank robbery. Congratulations, Michael Armas. Uh, really appreciate that you had uh, the courage and the wherewithal uh, to make that happen. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you know, there's been a lot of talk everywhere we go these days about AI. And some people are crying about what AI can do or is going to do to us. And other people are, are applauding what AI can do for us. Well, here's a story of what AI can do for us. You're, look, you're looking here at Denise Katakudin. She's a graduate student in the Department of Biochemistry and Biomedical Sciences at McMaster University. She's the co-author of a paper that was recently uh, co-authored by Professor James Collins of the Massachusetts M Institute of Technology and published in the journal Nature Chemi Chemical Biology. What's going on here is uh, she used artificial intelligence to prove and it's use, using artificial intelligence as a tool for combating antimicrobial resistance. They're developing an antibiotic that could be used to treat one of the world's most drug-resistant superbugs. And this is all happening because of an AI supercomputer. So Canadian and U.S. scientists use deep learning to identify an antibiotic molecule that can kill acetaminophen. Uh, Acinetobacter, one of the most dangerous antibiotic resistance bacteria known, notoriously difficult to eradicate. Uh, this bacteria causes infections in vulnerable hospi hospital patients like premature babies and those with compromised immune system. A superbug's ability to pick up DNA from other species of bacteria in its surroundings, including antibiotic resistant genes, makes it uniquely invincible but the AI algorithm predicts a compound that can beat it. They're working on making this happen. Now, as I said, the study was published this week in the journal Nature Chemical Biology, and it describes this new uh, antibiotic, uh, antibiotic, and I'm not gonna even try to pronounce its name, as especially promising because it only targets uh, specific, and, and this one specific superbug. Good news, folks. There's always something good happening. And we here at the New Thought Media Network like to share those things as we can. Uh, one of the things we do agree we have to share is uh, we want to share just a little bit more of what's happening around the network and how you can be a part of that. Please don't go away. Stay tuned with us. We'll be back with a bit more of the good news here in just a minute. New Thought Media Network is on the rise. We're looking to grow with you. Do you have technical media experience or perhaps a desire to learn? Are you willing to volunteer your precious time and attention? We share this message to benefit all. 
If you possess a computer with a camera and a microphone, we will share our knowledge with you. Behind the scenes or being the star, let us bless our one. Contact us at info at ntmedia.org. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, Center for Spiritual Living Seattle, and all of our individual donors and sponsors. you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network. Please come be you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network family and being part of the financial support that make this net, makes this network happen. Folks, if you'd like to be part of making the good happen and being a part of all this, please head on over to the website ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button. Help us share this powerful message of empowerment, prosperity, love, and peace all across the planet because that's what we intend to do. All right, back into the good news for this evening. Let me introduce you. Uh, this is Vice Principal Arnold Ford and some of his students. Uh, he's an educator in Philadelphia, and his teaching method has really taken the internet uh, by storm. He teaches love is the curriculum. Ford it recognizes that education extends beyond the textbooks and tests, and he has made it his mission to cultivate a culture of love, compassion, and understanding within the classroom. Now, this sounds like something that we would be talking about. Uh, his teaching methodology places love and kindness at the forefront, creating a safe and supportive space where students can thrive academically and emotionally. Ford said, quote, before we teach math, before we teach reading, we teach kids, we teach souls. You've got to start with love and love is the curriculum. Officials say that Ford's approach has been nothing short of transformational. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Vice Principal Arnold Ford. What a great story. And, you know, folks, here on the New Thought Media Network, we do a lot of those uh human interest hero pieces, and especially in our final segment of the day. But uh, today, uh, it's not so much uh, individual uh, humans. We got a couple of those stories going coming. Uh, but before we get there, I want you to meet Vinny and Harley. Now, Vinny is an 11-year-old 10-pound Maltese mix. Harley is a little bigger at 12 pounds, a Morky, and much younger than Vinny. Uh, what happened is the homeowners heard, um, according to the homeowners, Harley heard something in the backyard and ran outside and was confronted by two coyotes. 
Well, Harley started yelping for pay in pain, and Vinny ran straight towards his little brother, growled, and chased after the coyotes. I think it uh, his uh, their owner uh, said that I think he had a low level growl that shocked the coyotes. The coyotes took off. Car Harley was rushed to the hospital. Uh, he ended up with twenty stitches, but made a full recovery. The owner said, "Our little hero Vinny is ten pounds, eleven year old, and eleven year eleven years old, and only has three teeth. But he's always been scrappy." Vinny was a rescue dog we rescued and adopted from the Emerald City Pet Rescue back in 2013, 2014. Good news stories all abound. And hey, here's another one. I want to introduce you to a couple of lifesavers. Uh, this is Emily Rains. She's a nurse at Greater Baltimore Medical Center. She and her boyfriend were on a flight from the Bahamas to, ba to Baltimore uh, when they heard that call over the uh, intercom with a flight attendant asking for anyone with medical experience on the plane, the couple didn't hesitate, jumped into action, right, rushed to the aid of the man. Uh, he was unconscious and with no pulse. Rain said, on the way up to the seat, I was trying to pregame. Like, hey, if we have to do any compressions, I need you to do the compressions. I'll take care of everything else. It's what she told her boyfriend. Uh, the man's face did turn purple, and it was quite alarming, she said. Uh, they refused to give up on him, however, and the couple remained calm, continuing to administer CPR. Around seven minutes before landing, they were able to revive the man, and he came back to life. Passion, the, pat, the, other pat, the, the man is now home back home and doing remarkably well. Nobody's still sure exactly why his heart stopped. Emily and your unnamed boyfriend, congratulations. You're doing good work in the world. This is important. Thank you for being those kind of folks. However, you know, folks, we always do save the best for last. And this week, well, it's time for our Hero of the Week. I'd like to introduce you to Greg Spike. Greg is 74 years old. He lives in Eugene, Oregon, and has a habit of running along the Willamette River in Eugene. He's the grandfather of 16, and uh, he ran up upon a blaze in a hotel, began filming it on his cell phone, and that's when he heard a woman crying for help. This was Illinois native Stacy Barkley. She was staying at the hotel while visiting family. Uh, she said, I opened the door to, and my hallway was filled with smoke. She walked to the balcony and saw flames racing from an adjacent room and began to panic. That's when she saw Spike on the walking path below. Spike ran towards the building and encouraged Barkley to jump. Spike said, I told her, come on, hit me, hit me. I was trying to tell her I would break the fall. She just said, he just said, jump is Barkley's remembrance. And so I did. And he was there to save me. Spike consoled the frightened woman. She said, th she has said, thank you, Barkley, told her rescuers as the two hugged. Oh my God, you saved me. And in true hero fashion, Spike continued on his jog and ran off into the day. Greg Spike, you're our hero of the week. Thank you so much for being who you are on the planet and giving us a good news story to share out into the world. 
Folks, I think my mantra for the week is I'm going to be a little more like Spike, no matter what it is that might show up in my world. Hey, I want to thank you for being a part of what we're doing here on the New Thought Media Network. And you know, our programming is not over. Tune in in just about a half an hour for the Fireside Chat with Reverend Michael Mangus. That starts at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. And he's going to be doing an interview with the right Reverend C.C. Coltrane tonight. So I encourage you to check out check that out. That's going to be a really good time. I'm Rev. Robert. I'm getting out of here for now. Until next time, I want to wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.